Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Everybody, welcome to a good football show. I am Patrick Darty. Today I'll be joined by Denny Carter, Kyle Dvorchik, and a very special guest, Scott Fish, where we will be talking, I believe, the 11th edition of his eponymous Scott Fishbowl. Um, Scott, how are you? And my first question for you is, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> I really wanted to do a bit where I pretend like I'm like, oh, it's like fish themed. Actually, it's weird. It's like music themed. Uh, Scott, where are all the fish? Are we thinking like I wanted to pretend the whole time I didn't get the name. Uh, oh that's man, yeah, it's it's good to be here. And and the name I did not choose it. I Twitter chose it for me. The first two years it was actually named after the site I ran. Closed that site and needed a new name. And I went to Twitter and they gave me the name. I oh. I did not knowingly get all egotistical and be like, this is going to have my name this tournament. But <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes And it's, I don't know what it is. It's just very, it's got a great ring. The SFB has yeah. a great ring. I will. Why did you leave out all my favorite indie rock bands this year for like the divisions? You know, I want to be able oh, to choose someone like blame the people. Secure. Blame the people. We went on the like 160 most requested bands. So <laughs> blame, blame the people in it. Well, yeah, it tell, not... tell me one, tell me one band you wanted. Tell I want I wanted pavement. Pavement. Um, what the hell is pavement? If you don't know what pavement is, Denny, you're not an actual hipster. I just will tell you that. And the, oh, the legendary frontman of pavement, Stephen Malkmus, is a huge Roto World slash NBC Sports Edge fan. Oh. So, uh, yeah, you wow. don't know what you're talking about. That's insulting, Sorry. Denny. He probably listens to this show. Sorry, man. Uh, he actually might. Um, so anyway, Denny has insulted one of our biggest fans. Uh, we'll just jump right into it uh scott we all know what the scott fishbowl is we all play in the scott fishbowl and maybe kyle sure. doesn't i don't kyle do you play in the scott fishbowl yeah i played i played uh three years ago i think was my first scott fishbowl uh my first year was bad man i had i fielded like a bottom five percentile lineup last year i think it was last year uh you know advanced out of whatever rounds but like i, I was like i can't even show my face around these parts yeah. after my first year <laughs> i remember so that bad. we all talked about it it was, it <laughs> yeah, was really bad <laughs> All, like at that time, all 899 other entrants talked about it. Yep. It was rocketing through the SFB message boards. Uh, I love, I love, by the way, when, when someone will at the end of the season, do a screenshot of where you finished. And for me, I think like three years ago, I finished near the bottom and it was highlighted. My name was highlighted <laughs> and I was tagged 
and people were retweeting it. I, that didn't make me mad at all. I was actually laughing the whole time. <laughs> well, Denny, that's when you say, if you were in there as Denny Carter, you say, oh, that was C.D. Carter. And yeah. if you were in there as C.D. Carter, oh, that was Denny Carter. Oh, yeah, I don't oh, know who that is. Yeah, and then one of my parody accounts uh, did really well uh, in Scott Fishbowl <laughs> one, one year. And and it, and it was it was somehow... Uh, it somehow became a, a, a slight against me. It, it became a knock on my ability to play fantasy football. And I'm like, wait, wait, my my ability has nothing to do with somebody who started a, a parody account and then entered, you know, Scott Fishbowl. But Scott, I want to thank you for including my parody. Teets <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yeah, I'll suggest a theme for next year. Sorry, I'll suggest a theme for next year's Denny Carter parody account division. That's 900 teams yeah. right there. There's so many divisions you could make just off that. So yeah, like Weedy Carter 69 uh, <laughs> division, you know, they always have very, very, very tasteful names. Yeah, they do. Um, so anyway, so Scott, yeah, for the uninitiated, what is the Scott Fishbowl? Sorry for the overly broad question, but yes, yeah. what no. is the Scott Fishbowl? No, and it's good. Uh, it is a very large pro-am tournament. This year it's 1,920 people and there's another over 2000 people playing in the satellites. It's a, it's a giant pro-am with tons of, with basically every analyst in the industry or most just a high percentage of them. Most of the ones, you know, from any sites you, you probably frequent uh, and celebrities and former professional athletes and just like tons of people play alongside just, just fans, just people who love fantasy football, uh, a big tournament that, uh, culminates in one final winner. And behind it, we like to, uh, promote that it's about community and galvanizing the industry together, you know, players, uh, fans, analysts, whatever, galvanizing us all together and, and trying to do some good with it as charitable charity has become a, a pretty big component of it as well. Yes, it has very famous for the charity. Uh, it, by the way, we're known for good deeds too. I know Scott is like getting humanitarian awards all the time. Denny has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize uh, <laughs> by Young Way Koo for trying to just raise awareness of the kicker movement. Uh, no, but it's, Scott, yeah, I mean, you were almost as famous for like the good deed at good deeds aspects of the Scott Fishbowl, in addition to just the awesome fantasy football, like t- just take us through that real quick. Like, what are we supporting here? Sure. Uh, where does it? Because every year it's something cool. It, I know there's some things you do every year, and some things you do a little differently. Right, right, yeah. So over the years, uh, 
for the past five, six years or so, we've we've had a charitable element. And I like to tell people when I'm when I'm on shows, bring a charitable element to your league. Give one entry fee to charity. There's hundreds of thousands of fantasy leagues. We could do a ton of good if every single league did that. And you're not going to miss it. Your league's going to feel good about it. You can choose whatever charity it is. Uh, just something you're passionate about. But uh, for SFB, we give most we go we take the money and we go buy toys for toys for tots in six seven eight different cities all around the country we've we've had some awesome stories with that we've we we post all the pictures people get to see everything we're doing um it's it's been a really wonderful experience you mentioned others i mean we've we've done lots of things over the year between years between like food shelves and uh uh, hurricane relief and uh equal justice initiative and and things like that this year i believe 10 percent is going to the trevor project uh from the the sfb potathon is where you make the donations um you can also you know when you buy when you buy shirts for sfb 11 shirts uh uh the proceeds from that also goes towards you know buying the those toys in all these different cities. Awesome. And yeah, that's just, yeah, good stuff every year, getting bigger and better every year. But Scott, I just have to say too, I regret to you were canceled, unfortunately, for oh, no. making Denny and I look bad uh, <laughs> by actually doing good things. I know. We needed, we needed for Scott to say, yeah, so we go out with the money and buy toys and what we don't spend, we give to charity. That was the only way that <laughs> sentence ended. It didn't make us look like oh. lesser than him. I, I was hoping there would be some admission of money laundering. I Something to make me feel better, but no, I, yep. I guess. Yep. <laughs> You're playing rounds oh, of no. golf with Denny with all the money and uh, yeah, yeah, just amazing stuff. And yeah, that's just why, I mean, the Scott Fishbowl has become just such a huge part of the community. So because it, it is, we're actually doing something good while just having a ton of fun, getting to compete with so many different people, yep. like industry people, normal fan. It's just, it's so, so cool. Uh, well, now we'll jump into this kind of this year's edition of the Scott Fishbowl. Every year, you know, there's some rules, rules, tweaks. And Scott, mm-hmm. yeah, too, we talked about too, like, I mean, one of the things like you're known for is like, like commissioning, commissioning advice, yeah. uh, being like a commissioner and the big rules tweak i noticed for this year was the addition of the third round reversal um something has been around in fantasy forever but you don't really see very often and so what led you to adopting third round reversal for what is one of the signature fantasy football events that's actually exactly the reason i did because like you said it's been it's been around at least 15 years i i know that i've seen i you know in looking into doing it for this year i was looking at articles from like 2007 like it's been around for a very long time but it's not really super out there especially especially among casual users and and there there's data that shows that you're you have a higher percentage of chance of winning your league if you're in that those top three spots. And the third round reversal is something, to those that don't know, you do the first two rounds of your draft snake like normal. Then you flip the draft and the 12th pick gets to start. And then uh, and then you have the rest of your draft either, either snake. That's one way to do it. Or the other way to do a third round reversal is you set up your draft as a snake draft and you only flip the third round. Those are really the two ways to do it. We're doing the first way. That's the more common way. Um, but what it does, it is, is it because of that third round flip, it makes it the, the percentage chance of you winning your league from any of the draft spots, a little closer to fair and even. Um, and I do this from time to time to just bring things to the public's attention. Cause this get this league gets talked about on shows and written about and stuff like that. So a couple of years ago, I brought in points per first down uh, last year. I brought in tier, like, 
quarterback scoring that makes good quarterbacks score a lot and bad quarterbacks can actually <laughs> hurt you. Um, I wanted to show, yeah, no, I wanted to show so super good. flex leagues. You know, you can make it so you're not always throwing a quarterback in the super flex or for one QB leagues, you can separate those tiers of quarterbacks and make, make having a, a top tier quarterback much more valuable. So it's, Sometimes I just want to push something out there into the ethos or whatever, out into the, out into the world that, Hey, this is a way you can play that, you know, you can bring to your league. Scott, you're canceled for just, we can't do mindless quarterback drafting. We just want to wait (laughs) forever and ever and ever, even a super flag, but that's a really interesting point. And like, I mean, I hate, hate to use this phrase, but like using your platform to like raise awareness of like the way these rules act. Cause like you weren't like the first super flex league, but I feel like you no. really helped usher in like the super flex explosion and have definitely helped usher in kind of the explosion of like, like actually uh, like having quarter, quarterback value commiserate to what like they actually do. <laughs> yeah. And so you can't just get away with like putting drew lock in your lineup and super flexing drew lock and having actually having to make you think twice about that. So, so yeah, so that was, that was a big change for this year. Yep. Uh, the bigger change, in my opinion, I mean, pandering to Denny, uh, first, <laughs> I was wondering, have you guys been like back channeling, like contract negotiating here? Are you trying to lure, Denny? are you tampering with Denny by adding kickers? <laughs> to Scott well, I would say it was the, uh, the homegrown, you know, organic movement, activist movement uh, in the kicker community that finally, <laughs> uh, you know, lobbied Scott hard enough to, to include kickers in. You know, we are appreciative soon. You know, if we continue, uh, Scott Fishbowl will be only kickers. This is the, that that is the, the future that that's, I want. That's the natural steps, right? Make them flex, make that's them required, right. start unrequired other positions. <laughs> yeah, next year it's super kicker where there's a, an optional flex spot that you can put the kicker in and a normal kicker spot. And then we'll do like two kicker, two super kicker flex. Wow. And then at some point it's just all kickers. It's too much, Kyle. It's too much. Uh, you know, the, the, the future is now. But Scott, yeah, t- tell <laughs> Tell us, tell us why did you include kickers for this year? Sure. So when Denny's check cashed or cleared, <laughs> I <did>, no, <laughs> no, really, it's it's just one of those things where I have some people I really admire and respect in this industry who love kickers and think they're very projectable. They're not random. They're very streamable. And I have others who are in the band kickers camp. And I, I figured this is a way for a win, win, win for me. Like I can win with this crowd. I can win this crowd. And I win because I have mediated a successful negotiation and for this situation, being able to put them in the flex of, you know, the band kickers, people can just avoid them. The, the ones who are really good with kickers and love having kickers can, can start them. And uh, I, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people are going to think about it. I feel like kickers, they're going to have to actually watch how kickers score in this because there's such a deep starting roster and there's so many flexes that people are actually going to have to take a pay attention and take, take a, you know, take, you know, look at kickers to, to look at their scoring. So, so wait, so Scott, like, so I actually misunderstood this. So it's not, it's not like a pure kicker spot, but it's just the ability to flex kickers. Yes. Could... Yeah. We have four flex spots in SFB. You can flex a kicker, but you're not required to start one. That's like, that, that's like, an, like, I feel like that could be a rule. Like every league could right. not, because especially in like deeper leagues, you know, like already like week five or six, you're like, who do I, you're just like kind of waiting for injuries for yeah. anyone to become valuable on the wire. And that can be the way if you're like in a roster crunch instead of having to like wait for an injury. Well, cool. yeah, I will actually grind the kicker projections this week. Yep. Maybe I can stream and flex the kicker. 
So I didn't realize. I, actually just, I, didn't I realize love how you're like talking. A... Denny's smile is getting wider and wider by, by the word. No, it's great. I think that's, that is like you said. You wanted the best of both worlds. I feel like that's truly the best of both worlds because it, it link, lengthens like the waiver wire a little bit, right. so to speak. But then, yeah, it doesn't force you if you're anti kicker. So it's a way to like deepen the player pool yep. without like requiring like an unpopular uh, position. So it's have... actually extremely interesting. I have a couple numbers I'd like to share with the with the class. Of course you do. Um, of course you do. Yeah, and the, and these actually come from uh, Linda Godfrey on Twitter. She is at uh, uh, Linda. It's at L I N D L L I. That's how you spell Linda. Yes. No, it's a Lindellians. Yes, Lindellians. And she she does a few podcasts, including FF Confidential. She put together this great um, uh, comparison of, I'm sure Scott's seen it, mm-hmm. of um, uh, kicker points from last year compared to other positions. Now, I'm going to blow your mind here, and I'm going to tell you that Young Hui Ku from the Falcons last year, everybody's <laughs> fa- favorite breakout kicker, uh, per game averaged more points than Devontae Parker, than D- DJ Chark, than Michael Thomas. <laughs> okay i mean this is this is my blank jason sanders the number two kicker in fantasy well actually no 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 i think he did actually uh sneak I think out he was number one number one yeah he did actually finish number one jason sanders uh scored more points per game than michael gallup debo samuel sterling shepherd antonio brown ty hilton emmanuel sanders the list goes on folks so you you what i'm saying is you will be starting even if you hate kickers you will be starting a kicker at some point in scott fishball I'm really excited for in five years for us to be doing the show again. And then for Denny to be like, just so everyone knows, Mason Crosby outscored Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. You think you can't start them and all he's doing is drafting kickers. That's right. <laughs> I, I forgot uh, the kicker thing. We got a little too ahead of myself. So excited to bring up the kickers for Denny. But with the third round reversal, uh, I'll send this one to Kyle. Like, with a third round reversal, what would you consider like the ideal draft pick then to have? Uh, in the first round uh, like where do you want to be on the board in the third and Kyle, if you don't have a great answer for this we can throw it to scott or denny but like yeah, where do we want to be uh in a third round reversal league like what is the ideal pick in the first round or is the idea that there is no ideal pick because you've made the playing field uh more level yeah in best ball leagues i'm super confident that i want like i want the number one pick i want to get christian mccaffrey or if it's like uh if it was scott fishbowl scoring without third round reversal i would want top two because it's it's uh Christian McCaffrey and then Patrick Mahomes, who I think exists on a tier of his own. I still think that's that's probably the preferred spot as one, two, but it's just so much less. Like I'm like, sure, I, I didn't even I don't think I put in uh like a number or whatever. Actually, I, I uh entered pretty pretty late to the Scott Fishbowl because I saw someone like I got in and I was like, I forgot to even enter, so I'm not playing this year. And I was <laughs> gracious enough to to actually get a spot. But I wouldn't have really cared. Like if, if people want their spot, they can have their spot. I'll take whatever. So I think it's top two, but I do think the margin between Kind of, I care about getting top two in the Scott Fishbowl versus I really feel like I get an edge when I get, you know, in Superflex top two or in regular non-Superflex top one Christian McCaffrey pick in best ball is so wide. You just don't have that crazy advantage because of third round reversal. I still think top two is advantageous, but it's just, it's a slight advantage that is preferable. But to me, if I didn't, if I requested the number one or two pick and didn't get it, I'm not disappointed. Whereas like, I feel good in a best ball when I get Christian McCaffrey to start off the draft. Danny, do you have a contrarian hipster answer about where we want to be in third round reversal? <laughs> no, that 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 sounds right. But I mean, Scott, you know, like he was saying, uh, this this hopefully evens out the playing field a little yeah. bit. Where, um, you know, you're 
you're not, you know, even if you if you get a, a pick at the end of the first round, you're not at any sort of market disadvantage compared to the the people picking first, second, third. Um, I, I'm sure we're going to get to this. My 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 question uh, for Scott mostly is, when am I taking? Uh, quarterback and tight end when tell me when because i can't i cannot get this straight and scott fishbowl every time i try something different it doesn't work so we, good, we will get to that denny not to get but scott uh, where so like you, the guy who made the rule change like if you're putting in your draft pick preferences what order are you doing it in for a third round reversal uh so i i always take either the first or 12th spot because i'm so busy that that week that i need a corner so i don't have to worry but that's optimal. basically I, that is time management that is so beyond yeah. optimal. like if you're ever in an industry draft <laughs> and someone says you get first or 12 it's such a good feeling yeah yeah <laughs> but i could i could tell you the data of uh you know draft preferences shows it's like a w if it was on an xy chart like everybody wants one or 12 or right in the middle so they don't have to deal with the third round reversal annoyance like <laughs> they don't have to deal with trying to figure it out so it's yeah that's where people want to draft is on the corners or in the middle in this thing um i i took the 12 just because i've drafted from the one spot for five six years in a row here i just i just felt like changing it up honestly <laughs> but like denny said i feel like it's i feel like it's pretty fairly balanced throughout um yeah that's where i'm drafting from <laughs> before we get to our next question i want to tell the listeners the best news of the summer the nbc sports edge draft guide is live uh, we have hundreds of player profiles rankings and projections positional tiers sleepers and busts adp trend report custom scoring mock drafts, outliers, basically whatever you can think of, it is in there. Go to nbcsportsedge.com slash win to find out how to purchase it. Very affordable price, by the way. Uh, included all of our premium products, and I'll include it together. So but just, uh, check it out. It's We're happier with it than ever. Uh, nbcsportsedge.com slash win for our 2021 draft guide. Yeah, Danny, I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. I didn't want to derail the conversation That's too nice. much. So yeah, you, you you ask your question for Scott now about uh, what was it? Yeah, you just, just yeah, say it. Again. Please, please, for the love of all that's holy, please tell me <laughs> when I need to be drafting tight end and quarterback, and furthermore, elite tight end. Yeah. You know, is 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 what I'm is what I'm interested in just because of the scoring, because of the appetite for tight end. Yeah, and explain then the tight end the tight end bonus and all that, Scott. Yeah, yeah. sure. The the tight ends get the the same scoring that the wide receivers do that what that one for 10 yards the the six point touchdowns wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks get half a point for a first down and a half of, and it's half ppr tight ends get double that they get one full point for ppr and one full point for a first down so um it's a little stronger pp or a stronger tight end premium than most of your leagues uh and it's really served well to to bounce them up um and, and it's it's fun because that's why I, I like to support my team with a bunch of tight ends because a four for 40 game where they get a couple first downs you're already in double digit points so they have that nice floor tight ends do but they also have that really explosive upside for the top ones like a 10 for 100 game from a tight end and they have a bunch of first downs i mean you could be a good 10 15 points over a wide receiver that has the same game so uh they have that explosive upside as well so i Honestly, I was in a SFB mock the other day where the the big three went in the first round, Denny. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna you're gonna have to really right. go after it if you want an elite one. Yeah, I, I mean, even even you know Kyle Pitts, who's just outside of that top 
a yeah. top three. I'm guessing he's a second round pick. Is that right? Yeah, I took actually I got him at the I got him in the third in one of my mocks. But yeah, he's going in the second, third round like that. Yeah, like right. there's Amazing. a lot of hype there. Amazing. Scott, but, what, what have you done when you have us taking uh, a tight end? <laughs> a rookie, a rookie down. tight end, <laughs> a rookie yeah. tight end in the second round. Yeah. Well, Scott, what, what is behind the tight end? Do you think it's something every league should do? Is it just is it just a way so to deepen the player pool? Because we're always looking for ways to deepen the player pool, like especially ways like beyond yeah. just adding flex spots. Is it is it just as simple as like deepening the player? Pool? Yeah, it serves the the both purposes of deepening the player pool and creating balance. Like I I work extremely hard to create balance uh, among the positions because that way you can come out of your draft. I got a bunch of tight ends. All oh, this tight end premium is great for them. I got really good quarterbacks, top end quarterbacks. The super flex with that scoring is great for them or wide receivers. Cause the half PPR, they're just normally really good. <laughs> you know, all the, all the, you have to start three wide receivers. There's a bunch of flex spots. Wide receivers are great for that. And the points per first down stuff, that's good for running backs. So no matter what strategy you go with, you're going to come out of the draft feeling good because the the scoring is so balanced. Uh, but you're right. The player pool thing is, is another aspect. That's really nice that you can, uh, you, when you have that many flexes, you want as many flex worthy players as you can get in there. So we've all kind of hinted at this throughout the first 20 minutes of our conversation, but so the quarterback scoring very, very unique, uh, negative points for interceptions, negative points for sacks, uh, yeah. more negative points for interceptions to get housed for a touchdown. Yep. Um, <laughs> So how did how did you settle on this now like famous quarterback scoring balance where it's it's super flex so you're enhancing quarterback right it's also punitive scoring for quarterbacks to turn the ball over and take sacks so what's yeah. the reasoning behind that balance how did you settle on it do you think it's something uh, every league should consider every super flex league I should say should consider yeah I actually it's normally I'm just I'm not I don't league shame I I say play what you ever you enjoy <laughs> I you, no matter what your sayings are you, you play with that everybody knows the same rules that you're enjoying it great uh but this quarterback scoring is, is something that I feel is really good for any league it, it puts a lot of value in top tier quarterbacks it it hurts bad quarterbacks so it creates more value at the top uh it's harder to stream quarterbacks because bad quarterbacks don't score very well in super flex leagues that aren't quite as deep. Um, you might not want to start uh, quarterbacks in those spots if they're going to hit you negatively. Um, you mentioned the the minus points for sack, the minus four, inter- it's six point touchdown minus four interception, which is such a huge hit. If you're, you, if you have a bad game, you're going to get a bad score. I, I like, I like an NFL player who has a bad game. I like, I like it reflected in, in that scoring, but uh, there you didn't mention, but there is a completion percentage aspect that, you know, it's, it's minus a half a point or it's minus one point for an incompletion. It's plus a half a point for a completion. So basically every game you want your quarterback to get over 67%. Cause if they get over 67%, you're scoring points, they go under, you're losing points. So it, it's, it's really focused on, you know, separating the tiers of quarterbacks and, and making that upper half much more valuable. I just want to say quickly that your quarterback scoring is an attack on living the stream <laughs> on, uh, on the podcast I do with JJ Zacharyson, because we thrive on terrible quarterbacks who have bad games. And we say, he had a bad game. He scored 18 points for you. What do you want? And, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and you're scoring, and I can attest to this, 
uh, a, a really bad game can mean negative points, yeah. you know, sometimes deep into the negative, negative five, negative 10 for a quarterback who really struggles. Uh, and that, that changes the whole landscape. I, I will counter that with saying this scoring is actually just a step towards a just society in that <laughs> it actually it is, it is so refreshing because I think Superflex purports to be this way to make quarterbacks actually valuable, but you can do the living the stream style of quarterbacks. You just have to get them, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth round, mm -hmm. but it doesn't, Superflex doesn't fundamentally change anything about quarterback scoring. It just changes where you can play them. It gives you a spot to play them. It so. does nothing to readjust the position, like the within position values. You can still play. Like I had a Superflex dynasty team last year, uh, almost won it all. It was like, I was picking up Mitchell Trubisky in the middle of the season, Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew, and like just playing these mediocre guys was perfectly fine. Superflex scoring in its own doesn't actually do anything to change how different Patrick Mahomes scores from Drew Locke. And just for reference, last year, I think in your standard scoring league, Aaron Rodgers scored a little less than two times the weekly score of Drew Locke. Last year in Scott Fishbowl scoring, it was over four times. And that's oh. right, because Aaron Rodgers is worth four times as much as Drew Locke, if not more. So I do think this actually puts pressure on you to get elite quarterbacks, whereas regular Superflex just puts pressure on you to get quarterbacks, just the concept of having star quarterbacks. Whereas this puts pressure on you to, I mean, if you want, you can just straight up not take the quarterbacks and go outside your starting quarterback, go the I'm going to flex a kicker route in that Superflex spot. <laughs> Or you have to get up, but it actually does make the decisions at quarterback so much different. Like the fact that that Aaron Rodgers outscores Drew Lock four X plus over is so good for what Superflex actually is supposed to be. You need this scoring to make Superflex really hit hard. Yeah, Danny's been oh, living off quarterback that. handouts for far too long. So <laughs> this is, it's, it's true. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's another really unique aspect of the Scott Fishbowl scoring that we should really think about applying more broadly in Superflex leagues because it's still <laughs> It still accomplishes the two main things you want of a super flex where it deepens the player pool, like adds different, adds more strategy element to the draft. You can approach the draft in many more ways than you could in a non super flex league. But it also just, yeah, you can't just mindlessly wait for quarterbacks to fall. You can't just take like oh, the fi my final four picks. I'm taking four awful quarterbacks and saying, you know, <laughs> done with it. And so just another way where yeah, it accomplishes the main goals of adding super flex, but also doesn't make it basically yeah, like a free ride at quarterback. Um, so in this format, as it, so it cancels some quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that Daddy is like Daddy's view of me is like kickers plus one. Oh, <laughs> quarterbacks <laughs> minus. One. Currently, yeah. Daddy is indifferent to me. We're at a zero right now, <laughs> Scott. Yeah, you know, right. Because you're you're making me look at at Mahomes in the first, and uh, instead of I don't know uh, Teddy Bridgewater in the in the twelfth. <laughs> so yeah, who are some quarterbacks that might be popular? Like late, not late round, like oh, popular late round targets in like a super flex league are popular streamers in a one quarterback league that might not, we might not, we might try to stay away from the Scott Fishbowl, uh, Kyle or Denny. Yeah. Who, who's got a good answer for who we're staying away from in the Scott Fishbowl quarterback uh, landscape? You got Denny. one, Kyle? Me? Okay. I'll go. <laughs> uh, so I, I learned the hard way that uh, at least, you know, Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston was very, very tough to play in Scott Fishbowl <laughs> because even even uh, in his good games, even in games where he would throw three, four touchdowns, he would also have three or four picks and mm -hmm. one of those maybe for a <laughs> touchdown for the defense. So so you would come away with like you know you know logging on, checking your score, thinking oh twenty points something, and he would have like four 
you know, and, and you, and it's devastating. So, you know, unless, unless the LASIK surgery, unless the uh, uh, New Orleans offense, Sean Payton has, has purged the uh, turnovers out of Jameis Winston. I, I, I do think he fits this mold as a guy who might not be so valuable in this format. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Kyle, do we have, we have any other canceled Scott Fishbowl quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I mean... Maybe he turns it around, but Carson Wentz would be the poster child for a dude who was just, he was racking up negative scores last year. Uh, can I just say I owned or I rostered Carson Wentz in the Scott Fishbowl last year? I'm yeah, you didn't own Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz owned that. Yeah, right. I was going to so say bad. that. Not, not, a, not at all bitter about it uh, whatsoever. But yeah, Carson Wentz, uh, not too great in this. Uh, so yeah, why? He's, uh, he's interesting. Like, Last year, absolutely terrible. You're right. Absolutely canceled the crap out of him last year. And there were guys, there were the the Darnolds and the Goffs and the and the Daniel Joneses that like just had so many and Wentz had a ton of sacks. He got sacked constantly, which is terrible for Fishbowl. But this year, I feel like his line is so much better that he'll be upright and be able to not take those sack points. His receivers are so much better. He'll have Heinz to dump off to. I, I don't know if he throws what 15, 16 interceptions again. Ugh. That's a perfect example for last year. I, I, I think I'm actually okay with him this year. I think it all depends on how you feel about Carson Wentz as a quarterback. If you think he's a, a broken shell of a man who just walks into <laughs> to pressure well and be. throws interceptions, then uh, there's no chance of him coming back. If you think last year, yeah, yeah. But if you think last year that he was a product of his, his God awful environment, like last year, he, so this is inexplicable. He led the league in sacks taken and interceptions thrown, and he didn't finish out the season. He played, I think, 13 <laughs> games, like 12 and then three quarters games, whatever it was. Like uh, Scientists still don't know how to interpret how that's even possible. <laughs> Yet despite that, we know that he was a, like MVP caliber quarterback in the years before that. So I think it all depends on what Carson Wentz you think you're getting. Uh, to me, I think quarterbacks generally have so much agency over what happens on the field that I'm still gravely concerned. But if you think he returns to 2017 Carson Wentz, even 20, like literally anything that wasn't last year's Carson Wentz, uh, yeah, he'd be like a perfectly valuable pick. I'm just like gravely concerned that he's just this broken shell of a man based on how terrible he was last year, even though, admit it, his receivers were I, like the worst receivers of last year. 
maybe the worst receivers outside of Carson Wentz's receivers the year before in any year in the past five years. And his offensive line, like couldn't, they couldn't put together the same five guys, bad or good in consecutive weeks ever. So I think it all depends on how you view Carson Wentz. If you get even a shade of last year's Carson Wentz though, he's a dude who like on the regular is going to drop you actual <laughs> negative points every week. Man, where was he on fumbles? He must have been close to the the Dave Craig leading the leading all three categories year. The triple crown, as they call yeah. it. Yeah. The wow. triple crown of awful quarterbacking. Yeah, I, I will say about Carson Wentz this year is he is really going to put the theory that like sacks are a quarterback stat yeah. to the test. Because uh, yeah, he's going to one of the league's perennially best offensive lines. And we are going to learn. We're getting a, like a real life uh, lab experiment with quarterbacks yeah. and sacks. Uh, yep. So we, we've all been, we've been kind of building towards this question. I'll start with Scott and we'll go around the horn. Uh, and in, in this league, uh, super flex with like, uh, you know, real life quarterback scoring us to say, mm-hmm. and then tight end premium in the first round, say, say you've got the fifth or sixth pick in the first round. Are you going first round tight end or first yeah. round quarterback? Scott? Yeah. If, 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 if Kelsey gets to me, I'm taking him. I, if if he gets to me, and I'm probably likely taking a first round tight end if I'm in that middle range. The top end, honestly, if I have one on one, I'm probably taking Mahomes just because quarterback runs happen huge in this thing. And with that third round reversal, you're not going to be able to get two on the next corner. You only get one, and then you got to wait another round, two rounds, and then get another. Wow. I think you might be completely screwed at quarterback if you don't like McCaffrey makes the most sense there if it wasn't the third round reversal, but Mahomes at the top is what makes sense because of it. Um, I just don't want to miss out on all the quarterbacks, Uh, but middle, I definitely want, I would definitely love to get Kelsey. Like if I'm in that five, six, seven zone and I can get Kelsey, I'm taking him. I would, I might even reach for him at like the one Oh three, one Oh four. I would be so in love with that. I was going to ask you, where do you think his ADP is? I know you said you've done, you did a mock draft. We've seen, do we have Scott Fishbowl ADP? I know as the weeks roll on, as we get to like the final days, there's actually like a lot of Scott Fishbowl mocks that happen. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think 103 is at least a reasonable argument. I don't know if that's the exact right spot, but given that, like we see him go in the first round of like yep. regular non, like just your standard best ball leagues. Uh, do you, do you have Scott Fishbowl ADP pulled up? It looks like I do. He is 104. I think 103 Kelsey, is fine. Like Kelsey I think that's like a, maybe a slight value. Mahomes, McCaffrey, <laughs> Allen, Kelsey, right like that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're telling me that I have to wait on wide receiver until like the tenth round. You can. I think I, the the mock I did the other day. I don't even remember if a. I think no wide receivers in the first. No. And it might have been the second or third round when a first wide receiver even fell. So that, you'll be yeah. fine. That makes sense. No, I know. I, I've seen teams, you know, people post their their SFB lineups in previous seasons where they'll have they'll start taking wide receivers literally in, in double digit rounds and and be kind of OK. You know, it, it's, it's not like a, a huge blow. Um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I do commend you for even forcing me. Yeah. <laughs> to take to take tight end and uh and quarterback do you have the d- data if you have pulled up there on on hawkinson are we talking about tj hawkinson in the second round Is that no he's saying? not that high he's he's not that high uh i'm gonna guess third round yeah I, it looks like his average is like 51 overall. okay uh, okay well that's a little lower than i than, than i would have thought but yeah uh you scott you talked about uh, you know taking mahomes first overall I can I can say from experience that watching a quarterback run unfold in a Scott Fishbowl draft 
is one of the worst feelings uh, yeah. <laughs> that a human can experience because because Why you know you say say you're say you're yeah say you're ten picks away and you have your eye and you I'm, I'm good I'm good I have this quarterback I have that quarterback if they if those guys go I can fall back on the third no you're like you get to 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 your pick and you're and you're going well I could take this guy hoping he starts a few games this year maybe. Uh, so it is it is a really daunting thing and, and it make it forces you to, to really uh, look ahead, you know, to to what's going to happen in the next uh, round or however long you have yep. before your pick. That's probably why that sixth spot is so people love it is they're right in the middle and they're not yeah. ever waiting 20 plus picks. They can avoid runs. I wish I were kidding about this, but a quarterback run last year in the Scott Fishbowl, I I think maybe I had a different number one quarterback. I already can't remember it. But I had Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz last year. Uh, I was basically writing the book on how to lose in the Scott Fish Bowl. And uh, so, yeah, that's coming out. uh, Random House Publishing. (laughs) How to lose in the Scott Fish Bowl. Can't wait to Um, read it. There's so many articles on how to win. I mean, (laughs) you're going to quarter the market on this one. I know. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm identifying a market inefficiency. If you want to lose the Scott Fish Bowl, here's how you do it, folks. One more quick scoring question. So what do you think the first point, what are the points for first downs and what do you think that adds? Like why add the first downs uh, to the scoring? Well, I first originally brought it out there because I think it's something that's valuable in the NFL. And I enjoy watching when a player gets a first down and, and you're like, yes, I got extra points there. And it's just something valuable in the NFL that I can bring to fantasy. But also it's, it's one of those things that helps those running backs to get up to the level of the wider receiver. <laughs> I think Daddy just shook his head. That's minus one. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I wasn't shaking oh, my man. head at you. Sorry. Oh, and his head just oh. exploding, creating a quite the furor here. Too in many the, story. Uh, uh, I was shaking my head at, at my dog. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. His dog just drafted a running back, though. So. <laughs> um, so, no, what it does is it's the part that helps the running backs get a little bit more value. Uh, the wide receivers. Where their value comes in SFB is you have to start three of them and there's so many flex spots and they're deeper than everything else. So I needed these other things, the points per first down, not only do, you know, let the public know, here's something you can do just like third round reversal or the QB scoring, something to get out there. Hey, the points per first down are a thing you can add and, and maybe you're interested in it. But the second, the other benefit is it ups the running backs because running backs just traditionally, you know, it, it helps their scoring. Yeah, I mean, it's just anything. I, I this is about Scottish Bowl. I feel like to like the uninitiated. If you're just like encountering like this scoring is like weird and like kind of like out of whack and like you know like almost like cutesy. But then like the more you think about it and the more you learn about it, it's it's seriously like as balanced as it could possibly yeah. be. And I I hate that it's it's so di- like weird compared to normal scoring <laughs> because I there are things in it that I just feel are a good way to do it. Right. <laughs> but, but they won't be mainstream points for first down. will never be mainstream as long as they're not in the game centers, right? Like things need to be in game centers for your casual fan to like it. And there's lots of stat categories and, and people like things a little bit more simple. So I get that. I definitely get that. But when you boil it down, it, it comes into a really balanced, efficient way to do a league. Yeah. It's just, I think you honestly, like the more every year, you know, you kind of like, like internalize a little more about the Scott Fishbowl scoring and realize that, well, this is actually yeah, like 
not cutesy at all. This is just like really balanced. Yeah, it's it's that galaxy brain meme, right? Yeah, like exactly, I, at least I hope. Exactly, <laughs> like you're like, exactly. whoa, that's right. This is uh, how. She, okay. So yeah, we're we're talking <laughs> is like is Mr. Kamish. I mean, how do we approach the extra week this year, the 18th week? I mean, do we do anything different or is it just as simple as bumping the, the regular season back to week 14, ending week 14? And yeah. That's it. Like, or, or is there something different we should be doing this year? Yeah, we've, we've talked about this extensively on Commission Impossible and our view on it changed um, after the NFL put bye weeks in week 14, <laughs> four yeah, of them. That was, that was going to be the second part of my question. How are you approaching playoff yeah. bye weeks? Which I think you said we did have last year, but we did. It, what in, do in we SFB, do with the longer yeah. season? How do yeah. you approach playoff bye weeks? Yeah, your, your normal league can just simply move a week back. And honestly, for normal leagues, we were recommending either moving a week back or having a two week championship. And there, there were lots more, there were more options, but because of that week 14 buys, uh, they kind of, they kind of pushed you back into that, into that, you know, old style and just have one extra le- week of regular season for your normal leagues for SFB. We just pushed it back a week. Last week we had teams on buy in week 13 this year, the playoffs will start week 14 and we'll have teams on buy this year. Um, even though we've pushed the playoffs back one week and it's something people will have to decide whether they wanted to adjust for or not. You know, do you take uh, like last year, we McCaffrey had a week 13 buy. Do you take a player that's going to have that buy knowing I get him for every, every week of the regular season, maybe I can get a buy and not have to worry about it. Um, the other thing is in SFB playoffs, you get your season average for that week 14. Mm. So that's another angle. Do I take a player that's going to play for me every single week? So I have a higher season average. Maybe I get the buy, but if I don't, I'll have a higher season average. But yeah, it is. It yeah, I know. There's a lot, a lot of thinking that might go into it. But uh, that's that's something people have to be aware of. Of those that that week one of the SFB playoffs, there are four teams on buy. You you've given us uh, too much to think about, and I'm a little bit I'm a that's, little bit bitter about it. Yeah, uh, that's, but but I I just want to say uh, just 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 briefly here. Yeah, I mean you're talking about the scoring. I I want to point out mostly about SFB scoring this season with kickers uh, that uh, Brandon McManus outscored Cam Akers last year, and the media won't talk about this. Okay, <laughs> we I, I, we're being silenced. Uh, Jason Sanders scored more points than Leonard Fournette. And and uh, and Damian Harris, and again, media silence on this issue. We'll have Adam Wise edit all that out. <laughs> Can we drop yeah. the fire Denny paperwork again? I know. <laughs> I just didn't process in time for today's show. I was afraid this was going to happen. The, the, the um, silence on it is is telling. It is quite telling. It, it is. It makes you think. Yeah. It does make you think, Scott. What what do you think? We're we're getting close to in here, but what do you think? the number one mistake fantasy football commissioners make this is kind of a broad question, but like what, what is something you, like we just like take for granted in every league that like, we, I don't know, what, what is the number one mistake? Fantasy football yeah. Commissioners make? I, I, there, there's a couple different ways you can go here, but I think when you want to start a league as a, as a commissioner, you either set the rules that you want to play in and find 11 people who want to do that. Or you get a group together and you all figure out the rules. I think when you get into a situation where it's a mixture of that, where you're <laughs> either you're not all together or you're almost running it dictator style. Um, if you're trying to do split the difference and go half and half, that's where you're going to come into problems. A- another thing is always have a best interest clause, something that says if something is not specifically 
in the rules that the commissioner will take the make a decision that's in the best interest of the league. That way you can close loopholes as they happen. A commissioner should always look to close loopholes, not to have them exploit them or exploit them themselves. That'd be pretty dirty commissioner <laughs> work there. But uh, I think those, those are some things that I would recommend right off the top for commissioners is when you start a league, find either set the rules and find your owners or find the owners, then set the rules. Don't try to, don't try to play the middle. If I could just ask real quick, what are your views on the filibuster? Yeah, the best interest clause is really good because that, that's like uh, hearing it framed that way is just like so smart and like, yeah. seemingly obvious, but you don't think about it. Like I've never no. thought about like a best, but yeah, I mean like you, because you don't want to just be like the dictator commissioner, but with the best interest clause, if there's like clearly a loophole, that's like a good power to have, quote unquote, yeah. as a commissioner. Yeah, because I mean, we don't it's, like loopholes. Just, just you think you've closed every one of them, and then somehow three more. That's here. exactly how it works. And on our commission pod, that's like that's the number one thing we get emailed is, "Can you re? Can you retell what that is so I can write down and put it in my league?" <laughs> that's it's it's clearly a one on one. Everybody loves that rule. And the the final question will be just of, of the unique Scott Fish settings, scoring settings. Which would you most, this wasn't on the agenda, by the way, which would you most like to see go universal? Like the quarterback scoring, the tight end premium, the kicker flex, the points for running back first downs. What Of those rules, which do you think like fantasy football writ large is like most ready to like, you know, really expand and like be something we should consider doing just like as the standard fantasy football. I mean, if we're talking about casual users, I mean, we, we all do shows that are, are very broad and casual. Like I do a nationally syndicated radio show that you, you have a, and I used to do a serious XM show. So I have like, there's a lot of casual listeners you, you play to. And, and the obvious answer in all of that is probably super flex, but I really feel like it's on its way, right? Like I run a low stakes commissioner service and we don't even open one QB leagues anymore because wow. the, the interest just isn't there. The they're, they're slower to fill. And when teams get abandoned, the, those abandoned teams are harder to fill. Um, I think that, and sleeper has put out the data that their leagues like are so majority super flex now. So I think we're on the way there for that. But I honestly, my home league is a one QB league. I still, I still love both. You know, I, I like having different styles. It's, but it's probably super flex. If I had to pick any of the others, honestly, I really don't know. Probably tight end premium, just because I really enjoy having good tight ends. But like, you could go with any of the things we've discussed. The QB scoring is is beautiful, and I think it works in one QB and and in super flex. Oh yeah, go Danny. Right. I didn't really answer your question. No, you did. No, no, you did. <laughs> That makes uh, sense too. I mean, it probably should be super flex. Right. It it doesn't seem like it to those of us that are really like we're really ingrained in the industry, but to your casual users, that's probably the re- the one I would recommend. Besides, you know, you, you said you you like the the tight end premium to catch on. Have you also considered abolishing the tight end position? Is that <laughs> is that another thing that, that maybe you could catch on? It's, see, here's here's two things that have come to me is abolishing the tight end position, which honestly, I think it takes a level of strategy and skill kind of out of it. So I, I don't love that, but I get it. And it's simpler and people love simple in their leagues and and, and being able to just flex them like we're talking about right. with kickers. Yeah, it's it's absolutely viable. And I think it's a better strategy than uh, two tight end leagues where you are forced to start two, which <laughs> Kyle laughs. I wonder if he's heard me go on this rant before, but I do thousands of hours of researching tight end scoring or researching scoring. 
And two tight end being forced to start two tight ends is the single most detrimental setting I have ever researched in my history of settings that I've researched. It's It's a crime. It's a crime. Like the fact that like you were like, I really need to start. Like I'd love to get me an Eric Ebron last (laughs) year. Like what's Jack Doyle up to? Oh, he's been rostered the whole season. Those are not sentences humans should have to utter. I do not leave shame and play it if you enjoy it. I love that. You're all going in with the same rules. You know it. You play it. That's absolutely. If you want to bring it in, great. I love that for you, man. That's awesome. But I researched 35 leagues and every league, every year of those leagues. And a team without a top three tight end never won the championship in any of them and never had a 10 game, a 10 win season. Now, I'm not saying you can't. Uh, like a top score, the top scoring team in your league can miss the playoffs. Anomalies happen. You're probably, someone's probably listening to this going, I didn't have a top three tight end and I won my league in a two tight end, but the odds are heavily stacked against you. And I'm all about finding balance. Uh, two tight end is a situation where you're really, you're really going against parity. And it's one of those where if you're five weeks in and you don't have a top three tight end, you might as well rebuild. You might as well give up because your, your chances are so little. And I don't like doing that to a league. Right. Uh, <laughs> no, right. It, All right, Scott. No, no, I mean, two, two, uh, two tight end leagues are, um, I believe, an abomination. I know you don't league shame. I, I, I do. <laughs> I, I do league it's shame. The, it's the, yeah, it's the data that, that makes me not like them. I, you, people play with their unit they enjoy. But, yes, I'm, I'm a little more on your side, Denny. <laughs> kind of like a one-word question answer to this, though, Scott, real quick. With Superflex and 2QB, what do you think like the cutoff is for like a viable league size? Because that's something oh, I run sure. into with 2QB. Or I feel like yep. a, a straight 2QB league, 12 is about as big as you can really go. Superflex yep. maybe extends that to 14, but like what do you think like the cutoff is for like a viable league and two quarterback? Yeah, you've you basically you basically hit the nail on the head. I I, I feel like two QB leagues are great for eight, eight and ten team leagues. Twelve team league is probably the the end of that. Superflex, uh, honestly, superflex can go up to like I most of my leagues are fourteen team superflexes, and I feel like it's just the right amount of depth where there's a lot of value at the quarterback position. But much higher than that, I probably wouldn't. I think you I think you nailed it. I think you did it there too. That is all the time we have for today. Scott, really interesting talk. Just uh, about the Scott Fishbowl in general, but just like, again, stuff that broadly applicable. Uh, just really, really good stuff. The Scott Fishbowl starts July 5th, next Monday, correct? Yep. yep. Um, it's coming so fast. Be ready mm-hmm. for the tweets, folks. We're sorry in advance if you're not in it and we're <laughs> hashtagging everything SFB11, but it's just an amazing time. It's one of the best leagues in the industry. Uh, Scott, thank you. thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, for Denny Carter, for Kyle Dvorak, I am Patrick Darty. Oh, well, Scott, first, yeah, what's your Twitter? Use? I, I'm, I'm terrible at having the guests, by the way. Uh, at, so like- at Scott Fish 24 <laughs> That's where you can find everything I do. ScottFishbowl.com is uh, is the site. You can sign up for SFB 12 uh, or a satellite. We're going to have like 2,000 people in the main event, but we're going to have two or three, maybe even 4,000 people in satellites. So you can be part of it. You'll have the same roster screenshots that you can, you can tweet <laughs> as well. So we'll, we'll have thousands of people in that. So, so go sign up there, but Scottfish24 on Twitter. And where else can we find you, hear you, by the way? Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm a great no, that's, I mean, see. that's it. But uh, 
Commissioner Impossible is a podcast I do with Ryan McDowell. We go over tons of commissioner settings and scoring and, and questions and crazy league ideas and lots of stuff like that. I'm on Fantasy Football Weekly during the season. It'll be our, I believe, 27th or 28th year doing Fantasy Football Weekly on terrestrial radio and uh, syndicated across the nation. It's wow. it's pretty awesome. Just, awesome. just great stuff. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, just everyone check out the Scott Fishbowl next week. It's an amazing time. We will catch you later in the week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.